you know, different opinions, but become one here for Christ. I see Packers, I see Minnesota Vikings, I see the Bears back there. And uh, that's what Paul is talking about, right? He makes us one. There's now no, no longer Packers fans. Uh, so, you're like, what? Yeah, there is. But, you know, I know Vikings are over here, Packers are here, Bears are there. But still, we're all together here for Jesus. Uh, also, nationally speaking, Sebastian just prayed for me in German, so uh, to get me a little confused here. But uh, it's good. I love it. And uh, hi, PG and Vicky. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks so much for this opportunity to be here today and fill in. We pray blessing and uh, strength and quick recovery on you. And amen. And um, if you need an outline, you can slip up your hand. You know, we do outlines here um, where you can write down some thoughts, where you can take the thoughts of the day with you to meditate on them throughout the week. So there's one over there. Thanks so much, guys, for handing those out. All right, today we are continuing in the story. We're in chapter 25, and last week we did Freedom Sunday. How many of you were here for Freedom Sunday? It was awesome uh, talking about how we can make a difference in ending uh, human trafficking and modern-day slavery, extreme poverty. Uh, my kids loved it. When I picked them up from Sunday school, they're like, Papa, did you know that there's 40 million slaves in the world? I was like, yes. We got to do something about this. I was like, yes. Uh, they're like, we want to sell lemonade in the summer and hot chocolate in the winter. And then Harper designed this whole lemonade stand. And every day she said, Papa, can you build it? Have you built my lemonade stand yet? I was like, uh, uh, yes, uh, I, can, I can probably build it, you know. And, and all that to say, I love it. I love how they're getting a heart for this. And that's the beauty about church, right? You come here and you learn about the things that truly matter to God. And I love it when the kids catch that and they go like, this is what we got to do. All right. Anyway, so today, after Freedom Sunday, we will continue in this story. We're in chapter 25, which is titled, Yes, Jesus, Son of God. Thank you. What's that you, Allison? Good job. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know, I tell you, I love Jesus. I find it absolutely mind-blowing how he came to earth, how he valued people, how he showed us what is important to God. And I'm convinced that if people that don't know him saw who he truly is, they would love him too. I work with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, down on campus, on the UW campus. And I'm convinced if people there saw who Jesus truly is, they would love him. But the problem is sometimes we represent him very poorly, myself included. And we make him look a certain way that make people say, I want nothing to do with this. And that's sad because when we look at who he truly is, he is amazing. And another thing I do is I go around the world to teach in discipleship training schools and Bible schools. And one thing I find frequently is that people say, you know, I love Jesus, but I'm not so sure about God. I'm not so sure about the Father. Have you ever thought that? You know, this idea that Jesus is you know, meek, mild, kind, forgiving, and God the Father is somehow stern and angry and vindictive. Sometimes in our preaching of the gospel, we can almost make it sound like Jesus came to save us from the Father. You know? And that the cross changed God. Now he can do something he couldn't do before, which is kind of weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, so it's interesting to see what Jesus himself says about this. I want to look at like three scriptures about that. The first one we find is in John 14, verse 9. They have this discussion. One of them says, hey, Jesus, show us the Father. And he says, anyone who sees me has seen the Father. Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. What does that mean? Well, let's look at the next passage. It's in John 5, 19. There it says, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son, me, can do nothing, not me, but Jesus says me, can nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. That's interesting because when there's a storm or yesterday in Indonesia, an earthquake and a tsunami or a flood, it's easy to say, why is God doing that to me? Or a sickness in the family. Why is God doing this to me? Right? But if you ask yourself, why is Jesus doing this to me? And then you see what Jesus did when he was on earth. He stilled the storm. The storm was not his friend. We don't know where it came from or why it was there. Certainly he didn't fight against the Father. The Father's like, Jesus, I'm going to shake you up a little bit, make you seasick. <laughs> and he's like, be still. No. There was some reason this storm was there and Jesus stilled it. We see Jesus going around and healing and he says, this is what it means that the kingdom is here. Right? And he says, I don't do anything that the Father doesn't do. So I don't know if that challenges you in your thinking, but we have this thinking sometimes. God is doing these things to us and we don't understand why. But when we look at Jesus, we see the opposite. Amen? And then there is this uh, passage in John 12, 49, where he says, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. So these are three passages that show that Jesus and the Father are on the same page. Amen? They have the same purpose and the same plan. And Jesus came to show us the love that the Father has for us. Anybody listening this morning? This is a big deal. It's so easy to get this confused and be confused about who God is and maybe feel like Jesus saves us from the Father. Right? And he shows us that God values everyone, even those that society do not, does not value. And so Jesus died so we would stop believing the lie that God does not want us. But that he is madly in love with you and wants you. Right? That was the problem. And even today, we experience the love of Jesus and the forgiveness. But still, we feel like, God, can you really forgive me? Was this too much? God loves you and that's what jesus came to show right god is of one purpose when it comes to anything but especially when it comes to his love for mankind and when i say god i mean father son and holy spirit jesus the son of god amen that's the topic for today now there are many things in the world that can happen to us uh, that would suggest that god may not love us at all or that he may have forgotten about us you know, when painful things happen to us and we expect God to move and he doesn't, it's easy to think that maybe we don't matter to him all that much after all. So I want to focus on an event today in the New Testament where it seemed like that could be the case, that God has forgotten those he loves. 
that they may not matter to him all that much. And what I want to do today is a, a little bit of a, spinning while I speak, is a little bit of an experiment. Uh, I want to do an ancient method of scripture reading called Alexio Divina, a little bit abridged for our culture today. So we're going to read this passage, we're going to read this event, and we're going to imagine that we're there. And we're going to imagine what would it feel like to be there. What are these people experiencing? What is Jesus experiencing? And hopefully that will speak to us here in our situation today and change us. Are you with me? So we're going to read through the passage uh, once together. And then we're going to break it down into uh, certain segments and allow the text to read us, if you will. Where we imagine that we're, that we're there and where we will allow the Lord to speak to us through his word. Okay? Um, and I encourage you, this is a long passage. It's like 44 verses. And if you're anything like me, it's very easy to read, you know. Now a, name, a man named Lazarus was sick. Oh, yeah, my mom is sick. I need to, you know, call her. And uh, oh, I was going to visit my friend in the hospital, her sister, Mayor Martha. And you go like, wait, what did I just read? You know, and your mind begins to wonder. I maybe I'm the only one with that problem. I don't know. But I want to encourage you, try to stick here with the text today in order for us to see what it has to say. Is that okay? Okay, great. So yeah, we ask, Lord, that as we do this, as we look at your word, Holy Spirit, you would speak to us. Help us understand. Amen. All right, let's read this through first, and then we're going to discuss it, okay? Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And then, side note, this Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you. And yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they will walk or they will see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let's also go, that we may die with him. <laughs> Love it. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. 
Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know. He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Hmm. What an amazing event. What an amazing story, right? And, and weird, too. What's happening here? One of Jesus' best friends it says the one that he loved got sick, right? He was very close to the Lord, and his sisters were too. And the sisters sent him the message, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, why do you think they sent this message to Jesus? Did you say because maybe they want, to do some, want him to do something about this? Yeah, yeah, that's a good thought. Maybe they want him to do something about this, right? So Jesus receives this message, and his comment is, this is not going to end in death. You know, this is to glorify God. Now note, he doesn't say God did this to be glorified. He said, this is going to glorify God. Interesting, right? This is not going to end in death. 
And then he spends a few extra days where he is rather than going straight to his friend's house. And two days later, he tells his disciples, okay, guys, time to go to Judea. And the disciples go like, Judea? They tried to stone you there last week, and now you want to go there? And Jesus says, yeah. Lazarus has fallen asleep, so I'm going to wake him up. And they're like, what? Don't you know that if a sick man is sleeping, Jesus, that's good for him? Right? And he says this thing about light. He says, Basically, what he's saying is, you know, I know they're trying to stone me, so if I go uh, and I'm aware, I can make sure that doesn't happen, right? But so his disciples go like, nah, you know, you don't go and wake up a sick man in a place where they're trying to kill you. And Jesus says, look, he's dead. And I'm glad that I wasn't there for your sake because now I'm going to do something that will help you believe. Well, how would you feel if Jesus told you, hey, guys, we're going to go and we're going to raise somebody from the dead? And you're there. Some of you be like, awesome, I can't wait to see this, you know. How did Thomas respond? Fine, let's all go with him and die too. <laughs> you know, I love the disciples. I'm stupid like that too. Uh, that's why it's so funny. All right. So, that's what's happening while Mary and Martha are waiting, right? It's not like WhatsApp where the two blue checks indicate this message has now been read and maybe there's going to be a response, Jesus typing, Jesus recording voice message. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with WhatsApp. If not, you know, whatever. It's like text message and you can also leave it. doesn't matter. But, you know, so Mary and Martha are waiting for their friend Jesus to do something about their brother's sickness. And uh, I want to read part of the scripture again. And I want you to imagine... What it, would, what it would have been like for Mary and Martha in this situation. So put yourself in their shoes. Is that okay? So we're going to read this again. Just imagining what, what, what's going on here. A man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And blah, blah, blah. Explaining who Mary is. That she's special to Jesus. Let's move on. <laughs> so the sister sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. Okay, so message sent. Now all you can do is wait. You know that Jesus loves you very much. That he loves the one that is sick. You have a special friendship with him. And while you wait with no answer, you now see how your brother is getting worse. And how he dies. What? Would that be like? Dave was talking about that this morning. You're making all things new, we believe. But he's getting worse. And now he's dead. You know, some of you don't have to try very hard to imagine this. Yeah, you've been through suffering, and you know what it feels like when you expect Jesus to do something, and he doesn't. Now, maybe you're in a situation right now where you're waiting for these breakthroughs. So you see this tension here where Mary and Martha are. Now back to Jesus. Jesus finally gets to Bethany, and this is what happens. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, 
And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she did what? She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. This is interesting, right? Martha goes out to Jesus. She's like, we've been waiting for probably at this point a week. It's finally coming, but Mary stays at home. It's interesting. And then Martha sees Jesus and she says, thanks Jesus for coming. So glad you know. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. You see this tension, right? The brother is dead, but you know God is here. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Which seems like such a uh, silly statement to a mourning person, right? She's like, yeah, I know that. I know he will rise again at the, in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus says something interesting. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will, die, will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe that? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. I want to read it just once right now, Dan. What would Martha feel at this moment? Can you imagine that? What would go on in her head? Yes, Lord. I believe all that. I always did, but... Lazarus is still dead. You see, she's in this place of gentle hope. I know that there's going to be a change eventually. You know, but she's in this tension of knowing who God is and what he can do and being confronted with the reality of her situation. Many of you are in a situation like now, right now, or have been in situations where you know who God is and what he can do. But you're also stuck in this moment of suffering. And you don't know where to go. And it's, it's hard. It's a tension, right? For us, we've been in this pursuit of trying to buy a home for our ministry and uh, for our family to uh, do our mission of hospitality to international students and discipleship of people. And it's been a long, drawn-out process with ups and downs. From the beginning, I felt... This still small voice, which I would call the voice of the Lord, say, don't worry, I've got this. And it's great. But man, have I worried. <laughs> you know? Doors closed. No way. Another door opens. And in the midst of this, I'm like, God, what are you doing? You know, even now, we're still waiting. We need to see breakthroughs. You know, the place we're in right now, we've got to move out at the end of the year. And, and we have things in front of us, but we're trusting and waiting for the Lord. It's not like when your brother and your sister is sick, we've been through that too. But it is one of those situations where I know who God is. And yet, it is so easy to be like, what are you doing, Jesus? Martha is here. I know you can do these things, Lord, but Lazarus is still dead. Right? So, let's move on and look at what it is like for Mary. Imagine you're Mary. You're there at home, you're mourning with all these people. Your brother has been dead for four days. Jesus is finally here, you've been waiting. And this is what happens. 
After she had said this, this is Martha, right? She went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, this is interesting. Now, the, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still where he had met Martha. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I want us to read this again, really thinking, what would it be like if I was there and I said these things, I saw Jesus, what would I want to say to him? Is that okay? So we're going to read it again. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. What would that be like? What would you feel? I've been waiting. I've been thinking these things. I've been mourning. The teacher wants to see me. She got up quickly. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Now, you got Mary running to Jesus and a big crowd around them, okay? Try and imagine that. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Really, what's in there is honest desperation. And it's also a little accusing. If you had been here, it's your fault. If you had been here, this would not have happened, right? Your absence is the reason my brother is dead. Do you care about us? Why have you forsaken us? In the next part of the story, I want you to imagine what it would be like for Jesus in this situation. Okay, just, just try. What would it be like for Jesus? When Jesus saw her weeping, one of his best friends, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Can you imagine that? We have a, due to history in our church history and our thinking, we have a view of Jesus as like a stoic guy who cannot be moved, just floats around, peace, peace be with you. Don't worry, I'm here, I'm going to give you food. Yeah. But it says that Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Let's read it through one more time. Again, imagine what, what is this like for Jesus? What is he experiencing here? The Son of God. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, 
He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved them. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? How did Jesus respond to the pain his friend was in? He was deeply moved in spirit. He wept. Now we need to understand something about weeping. It's not just crying. It's not just shedding a tear. When you weep, there's fluids coming out of holes in your face you didn't even know were capable of producing fluids. Right? <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. And when you're done weeping, you're exhausted and you feel like you got to sleep for days. That's what's happening here. This is how Jesus is, is responding to this, right? Why did Jesus weep? There's different possibilities. The Jews said, wow, he really loved him. He really loved him. Jesus really loved Lazarus, and so he's like moved to weeping. I want to suggest to you that maybe there is something deeper going on here. You know, Jesus and God seem to be intimately involved in our pain. He stands before Mary, a lady he loves very dearly, and he sees her weeping. To Martha, he gave her some hope through his words, because that what she, that's what she needed. In the case of Mary, he wept with her, because that's what she needed. And I think Jesus in this moment was overcome with the fact that he created the, the world for life and abundance and a happy relationship. And here he is confronted with the pain of the people he loves very dearly. And he responds by weeping. If that's true, then what does that show you about how God feels about your suffering? Where is he in your suffering? And then you have those voices that say, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man kept this man from dying? Fair point? Sure, he could have. He could have. But the revelation that is even more important in this text is that God shares in our suffering. He is broken over the brokenness of the inhabitants on earth. That's the revelation here, right? I don't do anything that the Father doesn't do. Me and the Father are one. Let's keep reading. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time, there's a bad odor. King James says, he stinketh. All right, love it. Boy, he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? 
So they took away the stone. They're like, do we want to see the glory of God? Okay, take away the stone. Took away the stone, probably a discussion, right? And Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I want to read this one more time. And again, I want you to imagine standing there. What is this like? What is this discussion like? The horror. No, he stinks. You know, like, no, let's not do this. That's a bad idea, Jesus. Seems like a lot of people thought that Jesus had bad ideas in this passage, right? Kind of interesting. Uh, let's read this again. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. And they're probably thinking he wants to see his friend, and they're like, but Lord, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I want to see the glory of God, but he stinks. This is embarrassing. So many people here, what, what are we going to do, right? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he, called, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Wow. Again, what an amazing story. Jesus did the impossible and brought Lazarus back to life. It happened. Even though our secularist mind, mind said or worldview would say, that can't happen. You know, they would have said the same thing. That can't happen. It happened. And as a result, if you read on in John 11, the leaders got really concerned. They're like, this guy's getting too powerful. We got to kill him. Okay, it's amazing. It really happened. And now note how Jesus did not just laugh off Mary and Martha's grief. You see that? He engaged in it with them. He knew he would raise Lazarus from the dead. And yet he exhausted himself weeping. Son of God feels your pain. You know, I don't know what your desperation is that you're holding in your life right now. Or maybe you have prayed and things have only gotten worse. If Jesus showed up in your desperation, you would not say, thanks so much for coming, Jesus. Great to have you here. But you would yell at him and say, if you had been here, this would not have happened. And as we see, it's an appropriate response, appropriate to the relationship Martha and Mary had with Jesus. Right? Where were you? Note that Jesus does not say, oh, but that's inappropriate. You don't talk to Jesus like that. No, he engages with them right where they are. Amen. And he gives Martha what he needs, a word of hope. And he gives Mary what she needs, which is engaging in her pain. 
Amen. What do you need in your desperation? Maybe, can we do this at the end? Can we close our eyes and imagine how Jesus is walking in a situation? If you don't have a situation in mind, that's fine. But if you have a situation of desperation, a situation of difficulty, close your eyes and imagine Jesus walking into the situation. You know, if you need to, you can yell at him. If you had been here, if you had been here. Now, how is Jesus responding to you? What is he saying to you? The eternal God came to earth in Jesus to participate in our suffering shows us that God is not far off, but that he's right here with you. You know, in the event we looked at today, Martha did not even want Jesus to see Lazarus close up. You know, she said, he stinks. Don't do that, please. There may be things in our life where we say, Jesus, don't look too closely. This situation stinks. I don't want you in there. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And he does not only want to show you that he is near, but he does want to move in healing and restoration because that's what the kingdom is about. But the first revelation we need is that God is very aware that he loves you dearly and that he shares in our suffering. Amen? So, amen. Would you stand with me here as we're going to respond to what the Lord's saying to us through, this, through his word?